right. Well, I want to thank you for joining us for our study this morning. We're in a series here at Hope Community Church on the book of Philippians. And the theme of this letter is the joy of knowing Jesus Christ. Believe it or not, after today, we only have two studies in this series. Then Advent begins and the countdown for Christmas, where we celebrate our Savior's birth. Can you believe that? I mean, it's coming quickly. Yeah, boxes are due next week. I was like, oh my goodness, how is it, you know, how is it time for that? But, uh, you know, this morning we have a really exciting message for you. We're going to learn from Philippians today that following Jesus Christ is like running a race where we're, we're, we're pressing towards the finish line and the joy of receiving the prize. Let's talk about running here for a second. Do we have any runners in the room? Anybody? You love running, can't wait to run, you live to run. That's right. Crazy people. I saw a young woman actually just yesterday. She was running. It was a beautiful day. But she was behind a double stroller with two kids in it. That's dedication. I have run, I have ran at different points in my life. Uh, but I got to agree with this guy, Baron Hansen, who said, uh, life is short. Running just makes it seem longer. Huh? That's true. I've experienced that in my life. Uh, I, I'm not really a runner. My dad was a runner, though. Uh, I got to be honest. At no point in my life have I ever actually seen my dad run. But I heard a legend that back in high school, my dad was pretty fast. He ran for the high school track team. Uh, he, he did a race called the 880. I don't think they do that anymore, but the... The 880 is an event where you sprint for half a mile. And on one occasion, he did that in a minute and 57 seconds. That's insane. Not only did he win the race, but he broke the high school record. And they ended up putting his name on, uh, on, on one of those uh, record boards. You ever seen those in the high school gym? put his name up there on the record board, and he would hold that record for over 20 years. I ended up going to the same high school that my parents did, and I remember walking in the gym, and I would see his name up on that record board, and I would just imagine him, you know, crossing the finish line and winning the prize. That's my dad. I'm not a runner. I didn't get those genes. My brother did, my younger brother. I was always stronger, but he could always outrun me. So that was, you know, it was fun that way. But you know what? This, this week, as I was studying, I heard God say, you know what, Brian? You are a runner. And it may come as a surprise to you this morning. Whether you know it or not, you're a runner too. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, we all are. Paul teaches us in the book of Philippians, chapter 3, that our Christian life is like running a race. And if you've been with us at all in this series, you kind of know Paul has been building up to this point. Uh, we've learned that the Apostle Paul writes this letter to the Philippians sometime around AD 60 or 62. He writes it as a prisoner in Rome for sharing his faith in Jesus Christ. He's already stated for us that his supreme desire is to know Jesus Christ fully and completely. 
He's willing to consider everything else as loss, as garbage, for the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ. Now, he's on trial for his faith. He doesn't know if he, he'll live or if he'll die, but Paul's not concerned about any of that. Because for Paul, to live is Christ and to die is gain. So we're not surprised here today when we learn that, that for Paul, because of his passion for Jesus Christ, he is running after God. Running after God means pursuing a relationship with him, seeking him, wanting to know him more. And the exhortation today is that you and I are runners. We have a race to win. Guys, this is not our race to lose. This is our race to win. We're in a race. We're runners. How do we run to win the prize? Listen to what Paul has to say in Philippians chapter 3. We'll be walking through this this morning. God's word is so powerful. Here's what it says. Philippians 3.12. Paul says, not that I have already obtained this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to that which we've already attained. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have often told you before, and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. Their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Wow, what a, what a passionate passage of Scripture. It's the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this morning. Thank you that you brought us into this house to learn more about Jesus and what he's done for us. God, I pray that we'd be energized this morning to run the race you've laid out for us. It's an amazing race with an amazing destination. And I pray that today, God, that you would encourage our hearts from your powerful word. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we are in a race. How do, we, how do we run this race? Three things. Number one, we run for the prize. We run for the prize. Look at how Paul encourages us to run in verse 12. Not that I've already obtained this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. So this is kind of cool here. Paul is reflecting on his own Christian life. He's considering his great goal 
of knowing Jesus Christ. And he says, you know what? I see it. I understand. I'm not there yet. I haven't arrived. Right? We all have further to go in this race of faith. Right? God has more to do in my life and your life. Do you believe that today? I do. God has so much more for us. Yet we also need to realize here that when Paul talks about obtaining this or arriving at my goal, what he's not talking about is being saved, knowing that he's going to heaven when he dies. He's already got that, right? He, we, are, we just heard his powerful testimony last week. He turned from his own righteousness he received the righteousness from God that's through faith in Jesus Christ. He is saved. He's got it. Right? We can have this assurance of salvation. This is not questioning our assurance of salvation. How do we know that? Well, Paul's already said in Philippians 1.6, I'm sure of this. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. This is not our race to lose, church. This is our race to win. Right? We're running a race to victory. Yet at the same time, to go back to our verse, we can acknowledge, just like the Apostle Paul, haven't arrived. Right? There's more of God to know. We have more to learn about who we are in Jesus Christ. There's a greater transformation to take place in our lives. We're not perfect. We're not free from sin. We've got further to go. Yet Christ has taken hold of our lives. And just like Jesus took hold of Paul's life on the Damascus Road. And from that very moment, Paul began taking hold of all that Jesus Christ had taken hold of for him. A new relationship with God. A life-changing relationship with God. We have a race to run. But we need to understand today that, that this race of faith, it, it is a race. And salvation is just the starting line. It's not the finish line. There's so much more that God has for us. So how do we run after God and all he has for us? This is verse 13. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. One thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now this is kind of cool. Paul elaborates a little bit more on his relationship with God. And he uses the imagery of a runner. And he says, like a runner in a race, Paul says there is an intensity of a desire in his heart. There, there's a singleness of focus. One thing I do, Paul says. Uh, there's such a concentration of effort here. Paul actually says he's forgetting what is behind. No time for looking behind. No time for resting on our accomplishments and past portions of the race. No time resting on that, that experience with God at that conference. No time for uh, forgiving up because of our failure in the past. We strain for what is ahead. The words create the image here of a runner whose body is stretching forward, straining forward, reaching ahead to cross that finish line and win the prize. And what is this prize? 
nothing less than the glory for which God has called us heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul says, following Jesus is like running a race for me for an incredible prize. We see this in other passages as well. I'll just share a few of those. 1 Corinthians 9, 24, Paul uses this imagery of a race for the Christian life. He writes, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way to get the prize. Here's Paul's calling us to run with that kind of passion and focus and energy. Run for the prize. I love the encouragement of another famous passage in Hebrews 12. Uh, one a lot of us know. We studied it in our Hebrew series. He says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight. Right? Whatever's holding you back, just let that go. Every sin which clings so closely, lay it all aside and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. I love that verse. That's a good one. Paul, at the end of, the, of his life, actually uses the same race imagery. In 2 Timothy 4, 7, Paul says, I've fought the good fight, I've finished the race, I've kept the faith. I hope you feel all the energy and the motion in these verses this morning. Uh, sometimes, I, sometimes we can have this idea that Christianity is, is a spectator sport. And we come on Sunday mornings like... We all do, right? We, we sit in our chairs. Um, but church, we're not here as spectators. We're here as participants. Right? We're here to run the race. Right? Not to sit, not to stand, to run. We're running after God and everything he has for us. This is our race that God has called us to. And we want to know more. We want to know God more and more. We want a greater sense of his glory. We want our lives more radically transformed by him. We're running passionately after God, all he has for us. We're called to run. How? Number one, run for the prize. Number two, mature in our mindset. We'll just continue to walk through this passage here. Um, so far, Paul's already told us that he sees himself as a runner in the race. He's speaking of himself. Now in verse 15, he's going to challenge us to embrace this running mindset, to think differently about our lives. This is what he says. He says, all of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. That, that idea of taking such a view, um, uh, it, it's, a, it's a specific word in the Greek, and, and other translations say, um, let us have this mind, let us have this attitude, think this way, take this view. Uh, the term is actually a significant one in Philippians. It shows up 10 times in this little letter, and uh, we've actually studied some of the occurrences. The most well-known of them comes in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, where it says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset, that's the word, to have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. I think we've all heard that phrase before, attitude is everything. How do we run for the prize? More than that, how do we rise up 
to what we're talking about in this series, experiencing the joy of knowing Jesus Christ despite our circumstances. It starts in our mind. It begins basically with a choice of how we think. As a person thinks, so they are. Paul says all of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. It takes a special kind of mindset to be a runner. And Paul desires that we would all grow in this running mindset. And just to review, this means three things. Mature in our mindset. We want to grow in this runner's mindset. Three things Paul's been talking about. Number one, humility. I know I haven't arrived. I'm not perfect. Um, I'm aware of my own sin. Determination. I'm running after God and everything he has for me. There's a passion in my life. I'm, I'm loving God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, baby. And confidence. Is that confidence in ourselves and our own ability to run? Absolutely not. Our confidence is in Jesus Christ. Right? And, and the power he gives us to run the race and win the prize. Not our race to lose. This is our race to win. As I was just personally reflecting on this this week, I, I realize my mind isn't always engaged in this race. Right? Is yours? Do you ever find yourself, maybe I just found myself this week, uh, I guess you could say zoning out of the race or kind of checking out of the race because there were so many other things going on in my mind and sometimes it just feels like our mind is, our, our, is just consumed with all these thoughts, getting our kids to the next event or deadlines to meet or wow, there's so many leaves now in my yard, what am I gonna do? The World Series, planning meals, a problem in the family, whatever it is, we lose track sometimes of the ultimate purpose of our lives, which is to run this amazing race. And so I'm just asking God, and I've been praying this week, God, would you give me a laser focus on the ultimate thing you called me to do? That's to run my race of faith, to run our race of faith. One thing I've learned just in the weeks and months and years of my life, it's one of the best ways I can do that. It's just to start my day with God, to spend time with God. And whether you do that at the start of your day or the end of the day or on your lunch break, take time every single day. Open up the Bible. Pray. Right? Let, let, let God's word fill your mind. Let your mind be renewed about who God is and, and, and who you are and, ha- and how he's calling us to live our lives. It's one of the most game-changing things we can do. It helps us keep our mind in the race. Spend time in God's word and in his presence. That's going to begin to build that humility, determination, and confidence. Because I want to mature in my mindset. I want to grow in my mindset. Two other quick thoughts about mindset from our passage. Verse 15, Paul says, all who are mature should take such a view of things. All of us who want to be mature in our faith, to grow in our faith, we need this runner's mindset. Then he says, and, and this is interesting, he's like, and if on some point you think differently... God's going to make that clear to you. I just love that. You know, if you think differently, God will show you. I love that. What does that mean? I think, I think Paul's reminding us that, um, you know how in a race, runners run at different paces. And I think it's true in our relationship with God, we all mature at different paces. Right? We all change at different paces. Some people 
change really, really quickly. And other people change really, really slowly. But that doesn't mean that God's not working in their life. And what this verse is encouraging is if at some point you think differently, God will make that clear to you. We need to be patient with ourselves and we need to be patient with others while God is at work in their life, changing their life. It's a mature mindset. Second uh, aspect of this mindset, another quick thought. Verse 16, he says, only let us live up to what we've already attained. How do you run a race? It's step after step after step. And I think that helps us understand that Spiritual growth in the Christian life is really taking the next step that God has for us. And for our family this year, God was calling us to enroll our kids in Christian school. Has that been easy? No. Is that for everybody? No. But that's been a blessing in our life. Who's the next step God was calling us to take? What's the next step God's asking you to take? Maybe it's to surrender your life to Christ. Maybe it's to improve your marriage. Maybe it's to be bold for Jesus on your school campus or to do a hard thing or whatever that is. Just take that next step. Take the next step God's showing you. Let us live up to what we've already attained. You read something in God's word, let's apply it to our life. And that's how we start to run this race of faith. It's a mindset. What do we need to run the race? Number one, run for the prize. Number two, Mature in our mindset. Last one. Team up with fellow believers. Team up with fellow believers. So look with me, if you will, at the very first words of the next verse. Verse 17. What are they? What are the first words? Help me out. Join together. Join together. Paul encourages us to follow his example of running this race by joining together with other believers. Let's team up with other believers in Jesus. Join together. Think about it. Think about the power of of a team. Think about the power of a community for a second. Just a a little illustration here. We have the high school campus right here. And and just imagine for a second, if you would, you're, you're you're down at the high school, the very bottom of the hill. And your challenge is to run up the hill to the church at the very top. Okay, I've never done that before. I don't think I want to, but that's a pretty steep hill. I can imagine running up this hill, I'd be a little bit out of breath when I get to the top. An author named Sean Acor found some amazing research that had been done at the University of Virginia. They discovered that when when a person is at the bottom of a hill, and they're looking up at that hill in order to climb it or to run it, and they're all by themselves. That hill looks up to 20% steeper than if they're looking at that same hill with a person next to them who's going to climb it with them. In other words... Mountains don't feel as hard to climb. The race doesn't feel as hard to run if you just have some people in your life who are willing to do it with you. That's the power of a community. That's the strength that comes from a team. 
We need to team up with other believers. There's hard things going on in our lives this morning. You have a team? You build in that team? Do you have examples of those in the faith? That's why I love being a part of a church. Paul says, join together in following my example. Keep your eyes on those who live, it, who live as we do. As I've been in a part of a church over the years, it's been amazing to have other believers in my life that I look up to as an example. And not only do they inspire me and pray for me, but they've helped me over the years. And people that help me in my faith, help me pray, help me grow in my marriage, help me be a better parent. All those things, I've needed that. We have the strength of a team by being a part of a community of faith. And I just want to tell you this morning, whether you're here in person or online, you are in the right place. When you go to a small group, you're in the right place. We're teaming up with other believers in Jesus. God puts people in our life who can help us with the race. In the next verse, uh, Paul mentions a group of people who aren't running the race. And these are people who are not followers of Jesus. They haven't surrendered their life to Christ. Um, they're, they're really, they're running a different direction. And do we love these people? Absolutely. Are we going to be in their lives? 100%. But what Paul wants us to know is that we can't let their life influence our race. We have a race to run. There are other people that are not running the race of faith. We can't let their life influence our race. We have a race. God has called us to run. Look, just look at this, this passage here. And think about the difference between the two races. Verse 18, Paul says, For as I have often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears. Paul writes this. He's weeping. He has tears in his eyes. Many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. And their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. And the reality is a lot of people don't know Jesus. There are lost people in this world. And what Paul tells us is that they are running the wrong race. They're chasing after earthly things. They're obeying their desires in their life like they're a god. They actually even take pride in things that are shameful. And what the Bible tells us is that their destiny is destruction. And Paul writes this weeping, crying with tears in his eyes, with compassion, because it doesn't have to be that way. God demonstrates his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We can get off the race to destruction and get on the race of faith. The Bible has a word for that. It's the word repentance. It just makes 180 to return. Yeah, I was running to the bottom of the hill. I want to switch and run for the heavenly calling in Jesus Christ. That's the opportunity every one of us has today. But for those who don't make that decision... We as Christians have to say, I'm not going to let their race influence my race. i got to run the race God is calling me to live. I'm on Team Jesus. I'm running for a prize. I'm headed to glory. This is not my race to lose. This is my race to win. What is our prize? 
So we team up with other believers. We keep our eyes on the prize. According to Paul, it's the eternal glory of heaven. This is incredible. Verse 20. Our citizenship is in heaven. Do we have an earthly citizenship here in the United States of America? We're citizens. We are. We, this, this Tuesday is election day. We're, we got to be citizens. We need to go out and vote, every one of us. But notice, we're not, we're not awaiting a savior on earth, are we? Uh-uh. We're not looking through the election as our salvation. No, our, we eagerly await your from heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they'll be like his glorious body. I think it's just a reminder this morning. We're not running after things on earth. We are running after heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. We have a heavenly calling. We have a savior in heaven. And by the way, he's coming back again. He's coming back to earth. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16. For the Lord himself will come down for heaven. He's coming back with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Paul says it another way in Philippians 3.21, if we can head back, just that last line. Paul says we eagerly await a savior from heaven who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control. Every tongue will confess, every knee will bow that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's all coming under the reign of Jesus. He will transform our lowly bodies so that he will be, they will be like his glorious body. What's that all about? That's interesting. Let's talk about Jesus here for a second. His glorious body. The body that rises for Jesus in the resurrection, by the way, is a physical body. So uh, Jesus says in Luke 24, 39, when he meets his disciples after the resurrection, he says, what? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Uh, He says, a ghost doesn't have flesh and blood, flesh and bones, as you see I have. So Jesus doesn't rise as a ghost. He rises in a physical body. So what does that mean for us? Yes, when we die, our body goes to the grave and our spirit goes to be with Jesus. Paul talked about that early in Philippians. He said to be absent from the bodies, be present with the Lord, which, by the way, is better by far, so that's going to be awesome. But it's not going to be that way forever. Because Jesus and all of heaven with him are coming back. And by the same power that enabled Jesus to rise from the dead, he's going to raise us up with resurrection bodies. Body and spirit reunited so that our lowly body will be like his glorious body. I'm pretty pumped for that. No more aches and pains. No more cancer. No more sickness. No more, gosh, I need to run five miles today because I just... Um, ate a shady maple, you know, like we're going to have glorious bodies. And by that same resurrection power, Jesus is going to take this broken earth with all of its pain, with all of its heartache, and it's going to be a new creation. Come, Lord Jesus, come. We're runners in a race. And what awaits us is a glorious prize. This is not our race to lose. We're in this race to win.
So let's leave this place, not as spectators anymore. Let's own our race. Let's be transformed by this race. Let's encourage and support one another. How do we do it? Run for the prize. Let's mature in our mindset. Take the mindset on of a runner. Team up. Church family, let's be a team with other believers so we truly sprint towards this finish line together. Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your, your powerful word. I pray that we would leave this morning with just a new, fresh passion in our hearts. You have called us heavenward in Christ Jesus. And for those here who, today who, who may not know Jesus, and they know they're running in the wrong direction, this is the moment to make a 180-degree turn, to repent and believe in Jesus Christ. He is the Lord. He is our Savior. And we thank you today, God, that he's coming back today. We put our trust in Jesus. Would you help us, God, when we're weak? Would you help us when we feel lost? When we're distracted, when mentally we, we might zone out some weeks? God, I ask for a laser focus today for the race that you're calling us to run. And fill our hearts with joy and hope and peace as we believe in Jesus. God, give us strength and help us come together in powerful ways so that we can be not just a church on a hill, but a light on the hill to everyone in all of these neighborhoods, God. We ask that in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen.